It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. If you are a fan of pitcher's duels, boy, this is the podcast for you because what a pitcher's duel we had last week that we need to get into today. This is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Jack, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. <sighs> Here we go. Here uh, we go. <laughs> also yeah, with Jack, we also have we also have Sean Flynn with us. With Sean, thank you for joining. Oh, anytime. It's a pleasure. Pleasure to have you. How many times have you been on the show? Is this like your second time? No, this is the uh, inaugural. Oh, this is the inaugural episode. Give a round of applause for Sean Flynn, ladies and gentlemen. Round of applause for Sean Flynn. Um, but yeah, I wanted to get right to the series today. Um, no nonsense. And um, gosh, it was uh, it was nice to rewatch the video and to see it and to appreciate the pitcher's duel. Because let me tell you guys something before we even get into any type of statistical analysis or video analysis. It was hot. It was muggy. Those were long games, a lot of strikeouts. <laughs> Me and Kyle were looking at each other like, get us out of here. <laughs> like, that call at the end is awesome because it's, like, very fitting for the series when Kyle's like, we are going home when Chadwick hit the walk-off homer. But, like, that's how everyone at the Meadows felt, I think. Do you guys agree? It was uh, it was definitely draining to be out there, especially with the, between Bonham and then Baranowski and then BN. Just, uh, just constant strikeouts and constant heat. That was like vintage MLW. Like that felt like Daniel Schultz, Drew Davis, circa 2019 vibes. But yeah, Jack, how do you guys feel? <laughs> just, I'm sure it was a sigh of relief getting that game three win. It really was. And I mean, first off, you know, hats off to both of the the Cobras pitchers. They they did a phenomenal job. And Baranowski was, uh, it was a frustrating series for sure. He was. He was pitching fantastic. Um, you know, his mm-hmm. stuff was moving. He was locating. He was switching it up, and we really just couldn't couldn't get any like confidence built. Um, you know, I personally expected to do a lot better uh, myself, but um, I was looking for the bats to to get going around me, and it just like it never came. And it was kind of just like, oh man, this is these are long games, and we felt bad, you know, because. Trevor just he was pitching fantastic and you want to you, you want to reward a guy like that and and you know make his hard work pay off and score him some runs and help him out and it just you know it was a struggle that day but teams teams have those days um you know it's not the first time we've seen this so I mean I've been in your exact shoes Jack I've been a teammate of Bonham while he's just striking out hitter after hitter and then going up there and just strike out strike out strike out but I mean, wiffle ball is not a forgiving sport. It's uh, it's tough, and I think um, we talked about a lot on this show, kind of like the differences in batting averages you see across the league from the best hitters to the guys that struggle more so. And I think a lot of it is confidence, and I don't think there was a lot of confidence in either one of those dugouts at the batter's box uh, last week at the Meadows because, I mean, guys were just – this is something my high school coach would say that would crack me up, and guys were just going up there as outs. And that was kind of true for a lot of players at the Meadows last week, I think. There were a lot of guys going up there that were just kind of outs. Um, but at the same time, all it takes is one, and that happened in both Game 2 and in Game 3 with the two walk-off home runs, one from Andy and one from Chadwick. So, Sean, back over to you and the Cobras now. 
I got Baranowski's numbers pulled up here in front of me. Game one, Baron starts. Game one. We have three innings pitched, the win, of course, nine strikeouts. All nine outs recorded strikeouts, only two walks. Game two, that was the five-inning extra inning game with that uh, Andy ended with the walk-off home run. Baron puts up five scoreless, three walks, 14 strikeouts. So 14 in game two, nine in game one. He recorded a total of nine plus 15, 24 outs in those two games. Only one of them was a non-strikeout. I believe it was Jack, a line-out, wasn't it? Like a soft liner? I did have one, yeah. I, I, was, I was bummed about that one. You put it in play. I mean, that's yeah. half the battle right there. Usually good things happen. But, Sean, did you guys know? I know because it's funny because Kyle was hyping him up pregame about how, you know, Baron was the number one pick for a reason, blah, blah, blah. And Kyle literally spoke this to, into existence. But for you, Sean, who only plays in MLW, you don't play with Baron in other leagues. You know, you play with Drew and the Cobras. Did you know that Baron was capable of a performance like this, or did this kind of come as a shock to you as to how nasty he was? Uh, yeah, so last year, Baron's rookie year, I think he was a little underwhelmed as long as a lot of league is like his numbers wise and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I think he wasn't really given a fair shot. He was our constant number two, and uh, he was just never really looked down as being like a star pitcher ever in the league. And then I think now that Drew's given him faith to just start game one, start game two, I think now he's got his confidence and like, Obviously, it showed in the game. And with that, the 24 strikeouts, I don't think Drew and Andy like played one ball. No. Yeah, literally. There was one softly tapped line drive by Jack. Um, yeah. Sorry, Jack. I said it was, softly, but no, I think it was soft. It's okay. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was weird because this was the first time I had ever played the Cobras and didn't receive one pitch from Drew Davis. So I was kind of almost like a uh, little bit you know it was the, the all those a lot of those pitches were new for me and it was you know my first series anyway so it was like I guess maybe I had a little bit too high expectations of myself but it definitely was like l- pretty lackluster for the magic and in, in, in terms of what I was expecting so so how does that change Jack what do you think it is because magic you guys are just so streaking you really feed mm-hmm. off of each other's energy so I, I was feeling for you guys because I've seen the potential that's there when you know you guys are Usually when you're playing the Cobras, it's late in the year. And, um, you know, there's a lot of emotions that plays to your favor, I think, because it rattles Drew and you guys build off of that. So how do you get that energy and how do you play with that fire throughout the season to get yourself back into the postseason? Because now you don't have that head-to-head rivalry with the Cobras week five, you know, series five. That's against the Mallards, who are a good team. And you also still have the Wildcats left on your schedule. So um, Wildcats and Preds, I think, are your other two um, series. So... Three tough teams. What's it? What's it going to take for you and Jason and the leaders to get to get things going? I think it really just takes you know it's gut check time. You gotta you gotta look in the mirror and decide what what is it going to be. We've been here before. We know we can do it. Um, maybe it's possible. We came in thinking we were a little bit better than we were, and we kind of got put in our place possibly. So um, now it's kind of just like. You, you got a man up here. We we got no real options, right? Our, our backs are pretty much here. against the wall. Yeah. So, um, I mean, something's got to change. I think, I I I think the hitting will come around. Just seeing more pitches and things like that. And the positive I will draw is um, our pitching. I felt that even though we gave up eight runs in the first uh, in the first game, that's kind of like I, I've seen that with other you know really good pitchers in the league too. Kind of get like the walk bug. 
and it might just happen for a game. Like I don't really, uh, I'm not really putting too much stock in that in terms of like Jason's ability. I know Jason's a really good pitcher. Um, so I'm fine with that and bottom pitch really well, like we said. So, um, I think that we're in a good spot there. I think that I could have done a better job managing the, uh, managing the lineup a little bit. Um, and as well as like who's, who was playing where in the field. Like I had okay. some, I had some pretty poor defensive plays myself and kind of like watching the film back. I sort of didn't really realize why I made that decision to even put myself there and kind of like, mm-hmm. that's fair. Thought about like, totally uh, maybe someone else would be a little bit better in that spot. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, but I, I mean, think, uh, I think I could have done things a little bit differently, but. That's the challenge in wiffle ball, though, because, of course, wiffle ball is a fun sport, and you're traveling across the country. You're, the, you're home for a wedding. You get the chance to play. Of course, you want to be yeah. out there and playing, right? It's, you know, the emotions do, um, the emotions can be a tough thing to manage because we've talked about how a lot of teams have to make tough choices with who to play, who to sit. You know, there's friends involved, friendships, relationships. So that goes to, that's like a relationship with yourself. You know, you want to go out there and have fun. You want to contribute and you want to make the best plays, but, um, it's just like I've had times where, like this year, I've put Robles in the leadoff spot instead of me. You know, I, I love hitting leadoff for the Mallards. I've been doing it for a while, but um, it was just a decision that I thought was best for the team. So I think sort of a learning experience for you, right? Maybe you're best off just, um, you know, hitting in the lineup but not playing in right yeah. or left field or whatever it is. Well, I got to turn the bats around, too, if I'm going to hit in the lineup. But I mean, I think all you guys do. It wasn't just <laughs> you who was struggling. So. Sean, uh, I, w- I don't know about you, but like our series are some of the – like it, it's definitely always circled in red on on my calendar, but I I really enjoy playing you guys, and we always have super exciting things that happen. Like I feel like our videos are some of the craziest ones, but like this was one of the more like boring series overall. Like definitely pretty mellow. Yeah, it was it was a it was a much different vibe. I don't know if if you felt the same way, but just like showing up that day. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the alt unis, which were which were fly, by the way. Both teams look stunning. Teams are the top two in the, in the comments usually. I think so. I I mean they're both fire, but I don't know if you if you felt that same way that there was just something off that day. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it was because the uh, inflections weren't too high because it was a second series of the year. You don't have the the initial series vibe and you don't have that fight for playoff really vibe in you either. So I feel like that contributed a little and then also just the bats weren't going either. So both teams uh, definitely just were pretty low spirited going into game three and such. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think either way, like if you're a Cobras, I mean, Tommy, you can comment on this too, but if you're a, if you're Cobras or a magic fan, there's, there's positives and, and negatives to draw from this series either way. So obviously if you were a Cobras fan, good job for you guys to one, but we'll be back. I promise you. I mean, yeah, observing from from my point of view, um, I think both teams can say, okay, we have solid pitching staffs. Uh, there wasn't one pitcher who went out there and, and laid an egg. Um, Chadwick, Bonham, BN, and Baranowski all pitched just about as good as you could have asked them to, if not better <laughs> in some cases. Um, but I think the, the bats could be better for both teams. I think a lot of guys, like I said, were going up there as outs. A lot of swings and misses in this series. Um, a lot of guys just getting behind in the count, you know, taking a strike one that was the best pitch they were going to get in that bat type situation. And I know that it's just about knowing your matchup, right? Knowing who you're up against because there's some pitchers, I'll put myself in this category, who you're stupid not to go up there and take till you get a strike because those guys are struggling to hit the zone anyway. But all four guys that threw in that last series were 
pounding the zone. No one was messing around. Yeah. No one was playing with their food at the Meadows last week. And um, so I think a lot of guys were getting behind in the count right away, 0-1, just, you know, looking for a walker, trying to, you know, tire a pitcher out kind of type thing. So I think that's something to learn from. Um, but, yeah, the Met- Chime in real quick on that. Mm-hmm. Going into, I think I hit best by game one, but going into game two and three, when it gets to bottom of the third, bottom fourth, you, you're starting to play hero ball. You want to you be the yeah. one to take a yard. Yeah, for sure. And that definitely, uh, definitely impacted some of the swings and misses on my part at least. I think it affected everyone. That's a great way to put it because, yeah, when no one's when no one's hitting, right, you're trying to just end the game and win the game with one swing. Because mm-hmm. with a ball, anybody can hit a home run. It's just about making contact. Essentially, um, you saw that with Andy. His his walk off wasn't hit all the hardest, but he got it up in the air and, and got it far enough. But um, yeah, another, I think if you're yeah, go ahead, Jack. Sorry, another thing about like just for the viewers, uh, there was uh, there was clearly frustration from both from both sides, big uh, time. <laughs> especially at the at the plate um that clip that Kyle put in there of Andy Chuck and the bat the the pitch before was pretty funny but I think that just goes to like you guys don't see the full at bats but that that is a is a product of the pitchers just continuously pounding the zone so it's it's so frustrating because like when you wait on a pitch and you know it's in the zone and it's like the one you're waiting on and you swing and you still miss that's where like those super frustrating like moments come out. Like I, I think almost everyone in the series had one at some point. Yeah, it's like um, the what else can I do here? Like Yeah. Like what else can I do? I remember one I just watched the video and I specifically I don't even remember I think it was in game three, like I was just sitting on a slider, like sitting slider the whole time. If there was a slider in the zone, like I was gonna swing and that was that happened to be the last pitch. And and that's where the frustrating moments come in from. Right. So, fellas, after that series, like I said, if, if you, I mean, it was, I did see some comments on like TikTok and YouTube saying like, oh, it was a boring series. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess if you're into home runs and balls put into play, it was a boring series. But the intensity, like <laughs> the pitchers, it was a lot of frustrated hitters and then just locked in and dialed in pitching. Yeah. Like it was unbelievable. And um, like I've never, Dallas has done well this year. I mean, he like he's got three no-hit shutouts, I think. And um, but Baron, that was maybe the best performance I've seen at the Meadows. It was just dominant. It was so dominant. He wasn't taking a lot of guys to full counts. It was just strike one, strike two, strike three. Yes, he had three walks in the day or whatever it was. But that was across two games and one went into extras. It was just so dominant and um, just impressive. I didn't I didn't expect that out of him. I guess I've seen him play well at tournaments and in other leagues, but I've never seen him kick it into that gear in MLW. And I think maybe, maybe, just maybe, it makes you wonder about the uh, the first game of the year for the Cobras against the Mallards, where Barron came out of that game. Maybe that put a little chip on his shoulder, and he uh, was out to prove some people wrong. It so, could have, it could have for sure. I, wanna, I was happy for him. Yeah, I was happy for him, and I think that the Cobras should be happy with Sawyer too. I mean, Sean can uh, maybe comment on it, but I've only ever seen that drop ball one other place, and and that was the old vintage TC three, but it's the same <laughs> action. Um, and he was, he was giving us fits too. Yeah, no Sawyer, uh, when we drafted him, I, I honestly didn't know too much about him. And then we gets into warmups game one, he just throws the same pitch over and over, just drops like foot or two. And that the hitters were stunned. Honestly, Tommy, I mean, he, I think he performed probably a little better in your series. Maybe not, but he, uh, he's got some special stuff for that pitch. And then if he can learn to mix in one or two more that, haters are struggling with he'll definitely be one of the top arms in the league i think pretty soon 
he's got a lot of potential for sure. Um, I think he just needs to diversify the arsenal a little bit. But either way, he pitched four scoreless before giving up the walk-off to Chadwick. Um, on the topic of Sawyer, yeah. what was that? He's got some fire in him, too. I know he gave the wands down thing that probably kicks this game three, but... Yeah, so let, let's uh, let, let's talk about that. Um, Jack, how, how was the uh, the wands down message received by the Magic players? Oh, uh, I mean, we didn't we didn't really like it. We didn't take too kindly to it. Um, I don't know. It it is what it is. I guess the kid wants to make a statement, uh, being a rookie in the league. So he's on camera, wants to get his wants to get his voice out there. That's fine. I mean, he was kind of kicking our butts, so we the wands were hey. down at that point but then the as the wands do they always rise back up and uh <laughs> yeah so that's that's how that's what happens i gotta say i'm probably gonna make a tiktok on this exact thing but here's a spoiler i'm piping up it is funny because yes you hear sawyer yelling wands down on the strikeout i think in the third or fourth inning of that game he's hype and i love the energy you know um it's in my opinion it's all in good fun maybe it wasn't meant to be that way but i think it's funny and then on the walk-off home run, I don't know if it was Bonham or who it was from the bench. You can hear a wands up, wands up on the walk-off. It's perfect. Got to have really the funny. wands up, yeah. Wands stay so, up always. I will say this about this series. Um, overall, Cobra's pitching was phenomenal. Magic pitching was phenomenal. The bats on both sides weren't great. But I do think for the Magic specifically, for I guess I'll start with the Cobras before I just talk about the Magic because the Cobras did win the series. The Cobras, it's good to get a series win, get back to 500 after losing the series to the Mallards. But for the Magic, I feel like that last walk-off win puts it gets enough wind in your sails to keep you going. If you get swept in that series and don't score a run, it's it's demoralizing. I've I've been there, and I think that if the Magic do turn around and make it to the postseason once again, you can look at that Chadwick walk-off as like the point and saying, okay, we, we're still not quitting. You know what I mean? Because if you fall to one and five there. And like I said, you get swept, you struggled all day. At least you left the field with like some sort of hope. You know what I mean? Yes. I, so I no, think that was kind of key. I couldn't agree more. That uh that home run, the feeling I got was was more like relief than anything. But um For sure. you know, also like you said, hope. Like it was if we get if we go down, you know, to one and five and then we get you know, we were swept that series and didn't score a run, I mean that's pretty much almost the nail in the coffin there. There are pretty slim chances. I think we actually did do that one year, come back from one and five, but um, two and four is a lot better. It's a lot more comfortable. Uh, the Cobras, for sure, can can make some noise against uh, the Wildcats, for sure. So anything can really happen, I, I think, still in the AL. I think it's kind of anyone's uh, anyone's race. Yeah, the, the AL is wide open. So, Sean, yeah, you're at 500 now, three and three. And your next two series, your final two against the American League opponents are you first have the Wildcats and then you have the Preds. Now, I saw Drew was getting amped up on Twitter before this one. He made a funny video, funny edit. I loved it. Um, But I don't know. When you look at the Wildcats and the Cobras, you're tied with the Wildcats or Wildcats and Predators. Sorry. You're tied with the Wildcats and the Predators are one game ahead of you. Um, Like, do you feel like you guys are legitimate contenders in this league right now? Uh, Oh, yeah, I think we definitely... uh definitely have a shot this year i think first of all our record could be a little better one being that game against you tommy and mm-hmm. that drew pulling himself i think that one could have been a, a loss avoided and then for sure that third game against the magic not scoring until extras not even scoring in general and going to extras yeah. that's a game you can't have so putting in those shoes going in uh to the future of the season i think the wildcat they have a 
very talented lineup, and uh, I think they are probably one of the best teams in the league. So it'd be nice to take two there and really make some noise in the league. And then Preds, honestly, in our group chat, we've been trash talking the Preds all preseason, <laughs> thinking they're going to be bottom of the standings, and they've actually outperformed pretty well. So that's always a big rivalry, and hopefully, hopefully it comes down to that, and we just uh, play play our best that game because they're they're definitely looking pretty good this year. If, for the most part, I'll be honest, I love going to the Meadows when the Cobras are playing. It keeps me energized, and uh, you, you never know what you're going to get out of Drew and the Cobes. So. And, Sean, you're, you're quietly having another good year. You know, you're hitting the ball well. So uh, congratulations to you. I hope you keep that going. Appreciate that. Thank you. But, um, yeah, I think for the Cobes, uh, this next one against the Wildcats is a big one, and um, it'll be interesting to see how Barron does against a good Wildcats hitting team, although the Wildcats have kind of had a slower start than we've seen in the last few years. But we'll see. That's a big one. It's a big one for both of you guys because I know the Wildcats – um, you know, they're still wanting to get back to the World Series and get atop the American League. And I think that the Wildcats have to be um, be careful here because I think that the Predators are kind of seen as the guys to beat right now in the American League. But if the Wildcats look past you guys, they could find themselves in trouble in the AL. So uh, it's a big one. Every series is a big one. But right now the American League is so tight that every game is huge. All right, well, thanks, fellas. Jack, you got any final comments on this one? Nope, I think just uh, this series, give it the good old-fashioned, you know, ball it up and Kobe it into the trash, forget about it, move on. <laughs> For the magic. Hey, the Cobras take two out of three. Congrats to you guys, Sean. And uh, good luck the rest of the way. I'm going to let you go, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. It was a pleasure. No problem. Thanks, Congratulations Sean. on your first appearance. Yeah, Loved having it was you. It good time. Great, great. And he's gone. Wow, out in a flash. Didn't mess around. He's a busy guy. I think Sean works tonight. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Jack, uh, now that Sean's out of the call, I will say it was painful. I, I really did feel for you and, and the magic. I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to focus all on the magic while, um, while Sean was on the call, of course, but mm-hmm. as co-hosts, of course, we, uh, we focus on each other sometimes. So, yeah. I mean, I was rooting hard for you guys and, uh, I was excited pregame to watch you and it, it does suck because it's, it's, um, you know, they're so, even though it's a three game series and it's kind of, you know, a quote unquote long YouTube video, but like the opportunities are limited at the field. And you only get so many at bats, and with each passing at bat, it's just like, oh, uh, it's, it's like it's just such it's so uh, it's disappointing. But um, if you get another opportunity this year, Jack, I know you're not a baseball connoisseur, with football connoisseur, whatever. You're just an athlete. Yeah. So what's what's the adjustment you think you want to make? Are you looking for opinions from others, from your captains, from your colleagues? Um. Well, you mean like my personal play, personal like batting, personal uh, play adjustments? Yeah. Yes. No, for sure. So. First of all, I'll take any advice ever. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't matter. I, I, I'll take anything anyone wants to tell me they think will help me um, if I respect their opinion, which if that's you, of course, Tom. Um, but Thanks, what I would say watching myself swing is um, it looked like I was only trying to hit home runs and I was also trying to hit those home runs really, really far. So uh, <laughs> I think... I could kind of, I think I could kind of approach uh, the plate a little bit better, like sort of, um, I don't know, kind of. I think I think I want to switch my stance up a little bit and have my have my left foot actually like, you know, if you're looking down at your feet, it's actually like ahead of my right foot, sort of like a power stance, I guess, almost like Dan. I guess mm-hmm. Dan kind of yep. does that because mm-hmm. um, I did that in the past and had success with that. That and like shortening up my swing. And like not taking such a big like home run hack. Like I think you were saying it to me in the game and I was I was like trying to think about it, but just like aiming for the top of the ball, like just yeah, trying yeah, to like yeah. hit just like trying to hit ground balls, you know? Like 
that was more so because yeah, you were mostly seeing risers, right? And now I'm like, you guys were underneath them. Yeah. But I think, um, if you want my opinion, Jack, of course, I tell this to my teammates all the time because, um, like we used to get together mallards like back in 2017, 2018, and kind of just do like batting practice, like we toss it to each other. Mm-hmm. But like even if you're doing that, it doesn't really benefit you a whole lot. It can give you a, a feel of confidence, like okay, I'm I'm hitting the ball hard consistently, but, um. Live pitching in wiffle ball is just so much different than batting practice in wiffle ball because yeah. half the guys in the league don't even throw from over the top. Like when you're seeing batting practice in wiffle ball, because the balls are so light, like if you're throwing it softer, you kind of got to loft it to get it in there mm-hmm. type thing. So like now you're tracking a ball that's like above your shoulders to the bat, whereas like most guys, the balls are coming in like below your knees. Right, it's so much different. So right. I think for you, if you appear in another series this year, it'd just be as simple as maybe like. 15 minutes, 15, 30 minutes, like you and I go to a field beforehand and like I throw to you like some risers just to like see the ball hit the bat from that arm slot. For that sure. That would just give you, I think, the extra confidence that you need. I'd love that. I'd love that. I want to also, uh, we should definitely do that. But I do I do want to comment. It was funny. I did get a text from a player, a former MLW player. I won't name names, but um, shall remain nameless. They they did text me just out of the blue. hadn't talked to this person in a long time. Good friend, and he just said, "Might be time to retire." That was the text. <laughs> that was the text. That was it. Hey Jack, I was hearing that last year too, man. Don't let that fuel the fire. Let that I know fuel the fire. it's that went right. That went right into the right into the uh, the old tank. Into the swag files. Right into the swag files. Yeah, that one. I'm gonna remember that one. Hey, That'll I mean, be in the 30 for 30, that text right there. It will be, and for then, sure. And then you guys will know who texted it to me. I bet some I mean, of you could probably already guess, but... I mean, speaking of 30 for 30, like, when you say that, I think of, like, all oh, the Magic, like, maybe they're not championship contenders this year, but I think people forget easily that the Magic were in the ALCS last year. Let's not forget that. You had the bottom trade, you made the push, um, and bottom was raking in the playoffs. You got past the Cobras, made it to the ALCS. Um, so, like I said, I think it's... Just to circle back on earlier in the conversation, I think it's just building that confidence. Um, a couple guys just stepping up, and it's wiffle ball once again, limited opportunity. So it's just you know one or two per game guys that are able to make solid contact that can change your season from a sub five hundred season to an above five hundred season. So for sure, I think that's the key. I think, and I think you have the talent. Like I said, I've seen flashes. Bonham raked against the Cobras last year, mm-hmm. and. Um, Chadwick's got a lot of pop in that bat. He homered in this series and won the home run derby a couple years ago as a rookie. So the talent is there. Even Liam, who, Liam, I'm on record, guys, just so you know. You might call me crazy, but if you rewind back and watch some videos, you might agree with me. I'm on record in late 2020 saying that Liam, I thought he was the best player in the league at one point. (laughs) And, like, even Jack's, like, smiling and laughing right now. But hear me out on this, Jack. In 2020, Liam came into the league a free agent halfway through the year. And the kid was raking, and he was lights out on the mound. Yeah. He was unbelievable. And I was like, this kid's insane. And then last year, unfortunately, he, he kind of just lost it on the mound. He didn't have it. He yeah. looked like me out there. And um, I feel like he's been kind of a forgotten talent. So the potential is 100% there. It's just, um, I, think, I think it's just taking that next step, next step for the magic of maybe doing a little film work beforehand, maybe maybe a little BP live pitching, like I said, because sometimes it's what it takes, especially as all of us are 
getting older and uh that's true <laughs> starting to lose it i don't know i think I those just, guys are doing that i mean i i they probably are they, they're they're always doing stuff together so i hope that they're at least getting yeah, out that there group and, like, plays a lot Jason i try not to like micromanage and be like yo are you guys out like practicing wiffle ball mm-hmm. you know what i mean i hope they would take a little bit little you know they t- they're professionals they i think they take it professionally it would be nice to have some more team things that we could do you know or at mm-hmm. least that i was involved in i know they're doing stuff like i said but yeah, T-town I'm, I'm sure they are because I know that I know that they get together and play wiffle ball that yeah. group from Trenton, and um, it's just getting that to translate into confidence in games. So I right. know what that looks like. Right. Um. You know, I'm not I'm not inside the heads of Jason and you and Trevor and, and whomever, but um, it doesn't take much to spark that. You know what I mean? It does not mm-hmm. take much at all. So no, uh, we'll I think see. I think I think we'll see a spark. I'm confident we'll see a spark. It's really just getting hot at a certain time. You know what I mean? Because um, it's stuff changes so quickly. If we, if I just speak from personal experiences this year, um, like I said, against the Cobras in that first game, we were down and Baron was lights out, and I was thinking, oh, here we go, same old Mallards. But then, getting the game one win shifted our confidence levels, and mm-hmm. we started to play like a winning team. And now, since that game one win, um, you know, we won three out of the next or four out of the next five, whatever. Yeah, and um, so it really is just a little things, and it just takes a little bit to get you there as a team and as a squad. But both teams at the Meadows were just um, struggling to find that, I think, in, in yeah. this series. So, but um, in contrast to that, and we said this in the intro of the video, the D-backs Gators series next week. Um, those two teams have given up a lot of runs this year so far. The D-backs gave up 15 to us in our last series, and the Preds lit up the Gators in their last series. So um, this will be an interesting one for sure. Yeah. What's your, uh, I guess, I, I don't even know the outcome. I'll give my prediction. Okay. Um, I'm going to go. Uh, this is tough. I don't know. This is tough because I feel like they're, these teams are both sort of uh, in in di- completely different spots. Both one yet and this, five. Yeah, they're the both same one and five, spots. though. They're different teams in the same spots. You know what I mean? I do. Um, so I'll probably, I probably would just have to give it to the Diamondbacks, but I think the Gators will get a, a win. I think it'll be 2 1 Diamondbacks. That was also myself, Kyle, and Daniel pregame all predicted 2 1 D backs. Okay. All of yeah. Us. Well, I'd like to think that one of us at least knows what we're talking about. So. Maybe usually our uh, <laughs> usually our pregame routine uh, consists of when me and Daniel are hanging up the sponsorship banners in the outfield. We I would pretty much always ask him like, "What's your prediction today?" Just out of curiosity, yeah, and to see what happens. But um, I'm most intrigued for this series probably to see how the Diamondbacks approach their pitching rotation mm-hmm. because kind of everyone got hit um, last series against the Mallards. Jimmy struggled with both the speed limit and the home run ball a bit. Flood was all right. Jonah got knocked around. So I don't know. I don't know what Jimmy's approach is. I literally have no idea what direction he wants to go in. I haven't talked to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got himself, who I think he has the most movement in the league, in my opinion, the most diverse arsenal. But me and Robles were just on fire that day. Um, and then he has Flood, who's the young gun. But Flood throws hard. He's new, so he has that edge of like no one's seen him before. Then he has Heath, who's one of the only, if not the only, lefty in the league right now. So Heath, unfortunately, I feel like hasn't done so hot this year so far, but mm-hmm. he was a key, key player and pitcher to winning that World Series last year. So it's, once again, just the little things, making small adjustments, I think, 
Because, I mean, this is a pitching staff that won the World Series last year, and they won every single series they played in last year. So I, I am very curious to see how Jimmy approaches that. Um, for the Gators, on the other hand, they really only have the two options on the mound of Cheatham and Georgie. And I said this in the pregame intro, um, I really think it just comes down to one of those two guys have to step up. Yeah. Um, in 2020, it was Georgie early on, and then as the season progressed, Cheatham was kind of the guy, turned into the ace, um, almost won the MVP at the end of the year after that crazy postseason he had. And then last year, they both they were both solid last year. Um, but right now, they're both just um, walking too many guys, giving up too many home runs. So just one of those two guys really needs to step up. And I don't know if Zerlag or even the two of them like have a person in mind who like needs to be the guy or if it's just yeah. let's see who throws better type thing. But one of those two guys has to step up or they're in big, big trouble because at 1-5 right now, if they drop two, three games to the D-backs, I mean, 1-8, that's yeah. tough to bounce back from. <laughs> That's like from. Preds territory when I Especially was Especially, you can't be one and eight with you can't be one and eight with the Eagles and Mallards both sitting at five and one. So, yeah, that that'd be like I mean right. I don't want to say a nail in the coffin still before the All Star break, but if the Gators fall to one and eight, that would be tragic for them. Yes, that would be very tough to come back from. I agree. One of their guys has to step up. I feel like Zerlag, based on this year and just. Oh, their overall body of work is probably leaning towards Cheatham, but um, I mean, I can't speak for him, so I don't know. Uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I think I feel like Norp will probably um, probably go with himself still game one. I feel like he you know still has like the confidence that he can do it. It'll be interesting. Okay, so that is six games in the books for every single team now, and this is how it looks, guys. In the National League, we have the Eagles and Mallards sitting at 5-1, and one, and then we have the D-backs and Gators sitting at 1-5. and five. Now, in the American League, we have the Predators atop at 4-2, and two, Cats and Cobras both at 3-3, three and three, and the Magic at 2-4. and four. Now, if you remember our podcast that was posted on Memorial Day week, it was like 98 or 99, I think, um, Jack and I and Daniel all gave like grades to each of the teams after their first four, after their first series for each team. So now that each team has played one more series, Jack, uh, I thought it'd be fun if you and I kind of revisit those grades we gave originally and see if anything had changed let's in our opinion. Um, so let's start in the American League. Actually, let's go with the two teams we just talked about earlier today, the Cobras and the Magic. So beginning with the Cobras, I originally gave them a B- after playing the Mallards. Um I'm going to bump this up to a B for the Cobras because of how good the pitching was. The hitting was still not great. They hit well in the first game, and then it was kind of two duds as, as a bunch of hitters. But I'm going to go from a B- minus to a B for the Cobras. Sitting at 500, solid squad. Um, still room for improvement, though. On the Cobras, I have a B plus and uh you know, I was definitely impressed by the Cobras, um, especially their pitching, obviously, but I think I'd kind of still keep them at a B plus. I don't know if they're A minus territory yet. Um, okay. They were, you know, that's that's honestly really tough for me to say since I didn't record a hit, but um, I don't know. That's just, <laughs> my, that's just my analysis. I'm going to keep them there at a B plus. Okay. On to the old magic, the yeah. old wand squad. I rated you guys as a C-plus team after your first series. And after last series against the Cobras, I think... God, it's hard. I'm tempted to say I'm going to keep you at a C-plus, but it's hard because the pitching was so good. Um, you know what? 
I'm going to go, because the first game you did get blown out, I'm, I'm going to keep you in the C range, Jack. C plus. Does that sound fair? Yeah, that's fair. I actually had a set of B plus. Prob- maybe that was a little bit over optimistic, but um, I would certainly bump that down to a B minus, uh, if not okay. a C plus, like just being that's honest. Fine. I like it. Like, An honest you got to be honest with yourself. Uh, it was pretty poor for the most part. So, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, either B minus slash C plus. Okay. Um, now for the Wildcats, I gave them an A. That was the highest grade that I gave after the first slate of games after they beat the D-backs, mm-hmm. but they lost their series to the Preds. Um, I'm actually going to put the Wildcats into the B range, Jack. I'm going to make a big move here. I'm going to drop them from an A to a B plus. Now I'm using, you know, both past knowledge and what I'm seeing in the present. Um, the reason they're at a B plus is the pitching is kind of what we've seen before. It's Sailor. You know what Sailor has? Kyle's Arsenal's. He's throwing well. Kyle is throwing well. But I'm a little concerned about the. They're looking a little stagnant right now. Both Kyle and Sailor. This is the worst I've seen this duo perform at the plate um, since they've you know joined forces in 2020. So I think Kyle needs to get the bat going. He knows it. We talked about it. Um, him and I had a conversation. He's like, yeah, I'm struggling at the plate, which. I didn't really realize, honestly, until I watched that video. Um, but yeah, I think there's so much room to grow here for the Wildcats. And if I had to, if I was a betting man, I'd have to say my money's on the Cats to to come back and win the American League still. But where things stand right now, I gotta, I'm gonna move the Wildcats to a B plus. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's warranted. I had them at an A too um, originally. I think I would keep them in the A range, just bump them down to an A minus, uh, only because Kyle is pitching phenomenally, and um, I think the bats are still there. They just might not have had their best series against the Predators. So I don't think mm-hmm. it's like too much to. I think those hitters are still the same caliber hitters that they that they were last year. Um, so I'm gonna keep them at an A minus. Okay. And rounding off the American League, we have the Predators, who I graded at a B plus after they beat the Gators in their first series. Um, I'm gonna keep the Predators at a B plus. Um, I know they've played well so far; they're four and two in first place in the American League. But I'm gonna keep them even with the Wildcats, just because. I mean, they can prove me wrong. I would love to see it, but I just don't know if this lineup has what it takes to go all the way and run the table in the American League. I do think that Ryan is pitching the best he's pitched since he won the Cy Young when they won the World Series. He's pitching phenomenal mm-hmm. his screwball right now is disgusting he's confident but um just more so their hitting depth they hit kyle very well in sailor but that's a that's a duo they're very familiar with mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll see i don't know i'm not i'm still not sold in the predators but um like i said i'd love to see them prove me wrong and i have nothing against those guys it's just we'll see it's still early yeah i think ryan is uh throwing you know his best since he won that award i also had mm-hmm. the predators at a b plus and I think I I would leave them there. It seems wrong not bumping them up if I move the Wildcats down, but um, at the same time, I'm, I I kind of just agree with you. Like I wanna I wanna see a little bit more proof uh, from their lineup. Like in you know maybe one if like if they go out their next series and it's kind of like the same thing, I think maybe they deserve some justification for a bump up. But um, yeah, I'd we'll agree. With the I'd agree. They've been playing well. I'm, I'm I'm super happy to see it for or you know I'm super happy for them. So. Um, it's cool to see. Uh, Roland, that was that was one team I was not counting on being solid this year, but uh, so far, <laughs> they're, yeah, they're in first place after six games. So um, can't can't complain if you're the Preds. Into the National League, we will start with the D-backs. I graded them an A minus after falling to the Wildcats, but after they sweep to the Mallards, I still think this is a great team. I do think they got beat that day flat up. 
straight up. But I'll bump the D-backs to an A- minus to a B+. Plus. Not far. That seems mm-hmm. maybe generous, maybe not. That's the same grade I gave the Wildcats and the Predators. I think they're right in that same skill range. Jimmy, I think, is still one of the best, if not the best player in the league. Um, it's just the D-backs got to get back to their winning ways, got to find that mojo again and uh, kick it back into high gear because they're sitting at 1-5, and five, which I don't think any of us thought was possible coming into this season. Yeah, I think that um, the Diamondbacks are... You know, they're definitely not where they want to be, um, but at the same time, I don't think their their hopes are dwindling at all. They're they're still confident in themselves. I had them at an A, and I'm probably only only would bump them down to an A minus. Um, I don't think Fair. that the Mallards series was like super indicative of what the rest of their season is going to look like. Um, I still I think agree. their skill level is, uh, you know, some of the best in the league. So I'd probably only bump up down one spot, a minus. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I think the D backs, um, they're one in five. So I, I don't know if I can say they, I think they can win the national league still, but I could easily see them just like the wildcats. I could see this team getting back to the world series. They've done it before. They have the talent. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's like I said, I did not see this coming in a million years. Yep. I was walking off that field after we swept him. Like, I can't believe we just did that <laughs> type situation. I was thrilled. But um, anyway, moving on to the Eagles, I give them an A minus. That was after their series against the Magic. That was a very low score, low scoring series pitching duel. Um, this is going to be my only A this time around, Jack. I'm going to give the Eagles an A after sweeping the Gators. They just looked flat out flawless i mean daniel and dallas both pitching out of their minds dallas hasn't given up a hit yet that's unbelievable and just seeing contributions out of their entire lineup top to bottom i've really never seen anything like this in mlw from a four-man squad so um i'm assuming daniel's going to keep going with it not going to condense it down to three you can roll with four or five and um i mean watch out for this squad they're unbelievable and if blade walker gets healthy by the postseason it's i'm not looking forward to facing let's put it that way yeah, I have the the Eagles have been very impressive this year so far. I had them at an A minus after our series with them. Um, I'm gonna keep them at an A minus just because I don't think they uh, their sweep against the Gators. Like I think the Gators are playing down a little bit than than uh, their you know potential. Um, not that the Eagles didn't play fantastic that series, but I just think it um, would have been a little bit more competitive if the Gators brought you know their maybe a minus game instead of their b game uh that day so i'm gonna keep them at an a minus but i think this is the team to watch if you know they've they've just like you said like from top to bottom seem to really have it all put together and dallas is coming around in a big way this year so um they're i I think they're kind of the team to beat all right moving on to the gators i had them at a c after their series against the preds um, and I really, there's no way I can move them up, right, after that performance. Mm. The pitching's just been too bad. Um, I'm not going to put them at a D. I won't do that to Georgie and cheat them and Zerlag. I like them too much. But, um, you know, the second lowest grading I had was the Magic at a C+. The Gators, I do think, are playing a step below the Magic right now. So, you know, I'll leave them at a C. I'll, I'll leave them at that. It's my lowest grade. Um, and really, I think it just comes down to, like I said, one guy stepping up on the mound. Yeah. I had them at a B-, minus. I think. Uh, I think a C plus is warranted maybe a little bit underneath the magic, but I mean, not much, not much different really. So um, yeah, I mean, a little bit of bump down, but they got to turn it around. We'll see. Big series against the D backs for the Gators. Like I said, they can get buried here. So um, (laughs) 
They got they got to bring their A game, or they're going to be in a world of hurt. And finally, the eighth and final squad, the old Midwest Mallards. I gave us a B after our Cobras series. Um, I would love to give us an A because I do think we performed like an A in that series, but I'm going to put us at a B plus. So the same grade I gave the Wildcats, Predators, and the D-backs. Um, not saying how the Mallards and the D-backs have the same grade. Well, we played just about as good as we could have in terms of hitting that series. We hit unbelievably well, and I would really hope we can continue that. Um, but I do think the issue for the Mallards right now, they have two things, um, speaking about them in third person here. Number one is the number three spot in the lineup. Um, we don't see right now, we see a combined batting average of about 50 from Wilson and Davenport. So if Irwin is to return, which he should, um, we'll see how he can perform hopefully better than those two have so far in that three spot in the lineup, as well as the, uh, the pitching situation for the Mallards right now. They don't really have a solid number two behind Robles. Um, you know, I've been struggling a bit. So two concerns in my eyes right now for that team, even though they did just sweep the defending champs. Uh, it's still, it's not all rainbows and whatever. Yeah. Rainbows and <laughs> butterflies. Saying, yeah. Rainbows and butterflies. Not all rainbows and butterflies quite yet. Yes. Quite yet. Working on it. I, I'm in agreement with you. I had you guys at a B plus. Um, very impressive after the Cobra series. And even though you guys did sweep the Diamondbacks, I agree they're um, like the magic. There's, uh, you know, some holes in the team still. Um, some, some things you guys got to figure out before you get into mm-hmm. that A range. But you're well on your way. Um, and I'm excited for you guys. Yeah, I mean, you said that, like, you know, there's still some holes. I feel like the most cohesive team right now does look like the Preds. I can't believe... Oh, Eagles. Okay, Eagles. Eagles Eagles. in the NL. Eagles in the NL and Preds in the AL, I'd say, are the most, like, cohesive teams right now, for sure. Which, yeah. um, I mean, these standings I'm looking at right now, folks, is just not where my money was to start the year. (laughs) It's like, I'm... uh, Which is cool. That's why I love this league, right? Yeah. I love this league. So, um, it'll be interesting to see how things pan out, not only the next slate, but the rest of the way, so... Four more series to go before All-Star break with D-backs versus Gators. First, that is this Friday. Make sure you guys tune into that one. Um, Nothing else to plug, really. We are looking forward to heading to Oklahoma next month for the Gators versus Mallard series. That'll be July 15th and 16th. If you are in the area, it is Afton, Oklahoma. That's Northeast Oklahoma. We would love to have you guys there. Merchandise needs, of course, are on MLWmerch.com. If you have not seen the trading cards yet, first off, you listen to the podcast interview I did with the with Patrick Lee, the creator of the cards. But you should also buy yourself a pack because they're awesome. But, Jack, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining me again. Pleasure as always. All right. Peace out. Peace.